Hi folks, Nathan Pierce here with Family Protection Ministries. We are um, having our summer legislative break, but that doesn't mean things completely shut down. Uh, we'll talk a little bit today about some bills, uh, what their status is, um, a little bit of good news, a little bit of not so good news. Um, also, we're gonna go through a little bit of some highlights of some, some points um, I've been making in my speaking lately about what, is, what does God say about education. And so we'll be going through a little bit of that today as well. And hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll have more good news from the legislature. Um, you can be praying for that. Um, but let's jump in. Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. All right, so looking at some legislation here, I wanted to give you an update on two bills, AB 659 and AB 1057. 659, as you know, is that v, uh, HPV vaccine bill. And that bill uh, has, has gone through several different amendments lately. And what we have been able to do is we got in some exemptions uh, in the language of this bill to exclude the uh, private homeschool community from the requirements of this bill. Um, so that was really important from a couple of different levels. If you remember, it would have created extra paperwork for private homeschooling families, as well as it would have uh, mandated uh, this new vaccine. Um, so we, we worked on some legislation uh, wording that uh, the author accepted that completely excludes uh, us from the needs of dealing with both of those issues, both the, the uh, paperwork as well as the mandate. Then, in addition to that, and this is really, really good news, they eliminated the mandate from the bill entirely. So it went from mandating it to all, all school students as they enter high school. Uh, then, then the bill was amended and we were able to get language in to exclude us from the requirements of the paperwork, which is still in the bill for public school students. Um, and then and and exclude us from the requirements of the vaccine itself then the bill was amended again to eliminate the mandate for public school students as well so there's still paperwork um, notices that have to be given to parents uh, of public school students so it's still extra work for public schools but fortunately for us for the private homeschooling community we don't have to worry about the uh, paperwork that's uh, currently in the bill to require paperwork for public schools because they excluded us from those requirements. So I'm really thankful for that. Uh, a number of victories there for AB 659. Really, really happy with the, um, the results here on this bill. And uh, at this point, all the bill does now is it um, deals with some things related to college as well as dealing with uh, requiring some, some notices, some paperwork for public schools. So the next bill, AB 1057, as you know, has been the one that's sort of front and center for us, calling for action. And this bill is still um, active in the legislature, and we are asking people to still call their state senators on AB 1057 to ask them to vote no. Now the reason is because this bill assigns social worker to every infant born in California, 
and the goal of this bill is to achieve universal home visits for every newborn in the state of California. That means a social worker visiting the home of every family that brings home a newborn from the hospital. Now, there is an opt-out option in this bill, so it's not mandatory for everyone. However, uh, this is a really bad direction. It could easily be tweaked to change the, the mandate or not mandate part of the bill. Uh, but it's so so right now the bill doesn't mandate it for everybody. There's an opt out, but it's really dangerous to have legislation. And not only that, but it's a really bad idea to have um, a policy where you take a agency, the agency that runs all the CPS social workers, and you take these these um, these social workers that are already overwhelmed and unable to keep up with their workload, and then say, guess what? You're also going to visit the homes of every single newborn born in California, the people, the the state with with the most people in the country of any other state. So. Um, it's it's a really really awful idea, and we are hoping that it dies in the appropriations committee, um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully that's what's going to happen with this bill. Maybe they'll realize they can't afford to to push this bill through, and uh, because it will cost a significant amount of money. So that's AB 1057. So if you are able at all to make a phone call to your state senator, call them and ask them to vote no on AB 1057. It is a threat to parental rights. It is a threat to um, even the economy as we know it today in California and would be uh, detrimental to the pocketbooks of every Californian because it would have to increase taxes to cover the cost of all of the new social workers that the country would, the state would have to hire to fulfill the requirements of this bill. Uh, next, um, I want to go through some, some basic principles, some of which we've talked briefly about before, uh, but essentially it's really important when we look at the bills that we've been dealing with this year, we look at the bills relating to family, the bills relating to parental rights, we have to remember that homeschool freedom isn't something that is just handed to us. We, we exist here at Family Protection Ministries because it's important to defend the freedom to homeschool and it has been challenged continually ever since uh, the, the mid-80s when it was even then determined to be illegal by many, uh, by many school officials and, and state government officials. So it's important that we remember that and that we also acknowledge that there's a fundamental issue at stake here, even uh, that goes goes beyond the specific homeschool freedom itself, and that is that homeschooling, the freedom to homeschool in California and throughout the country, rests on two basic pillars, and those pillars are freedom of of religion, and uh, that's really important because we need to acknowledge that a lot of the cases that lead to the freedoms that we have to homeschool are religious freedom cases. And so we have to acknowledge that that exists and that's why uh, freedom of religion is, um, is an important uh, foundational pillar of homeschool freedom. The other pillar is parental rights. Uh, the freedom that we have in, in this country to raise our own children and to uh, bring them up the way that we see fit is, is a central 
building block and it's a, a, the other main pillar for homeschool freedom. So homeschool freedom itself rests on those two main, free, main freedom pillars, religious freedom and parental rights. And so we have to acknowledge that at the basis. But even before that, we recognize that our principle of why we believe that homeschool freedom is important, that parental rights are important, that religious freedom is important, um, is because we are called to live the way God tells us to live. And that starts with this question, what does God say about education and anything else? So, so what does God say about education and, and about other things? Let's, let's get into that a little bit. And um, we're going to start with a quote from Cornelius Van Til, who said, The Bible is authoritative on everything of which it speaks. Moreover, it speaks of everything. And Van Til uh, is looking at uh, life and the world we live in and society. And then he's looking at scripture and he says that every, every principle, every discussion, every debate, every big question that we have to answer in life um, is dealt with in scripture. And if we are Christians and believe that God gave us his word, the Bible, um, that, that Jesus said, my word is truth, we can understand that that, that word that he has given us is reliable, it's trustworthy, and we can understand that that's uh, foundational for us to answer these other questions. And what Van Til is saying is that everything in the Bible is true and it's authoritative. That means we can look at it as though it is the authority because it comes directly from God. Beyond that, we can also acknowledge what Van Til is saying is that it speaks of everything. In other words, there's nothing in the world, nothing that we might have to deal with that is not uh, weighed by scripture. It's not, there's, there's nothing that's outside of what God cares about. God cares about all things that we might have questions about. And he addresses it to some degree or another in scripture, whether by principle or by directive. It's very easy to understand this basic principle that scripture weighs in on everything in life. And sometimes it's harder than other times to see exactly what God says about things, but most of the time it's more clear than you might think. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So everything that we do needs to be done for Jesus. Everything, including education, must be done for Jesus. So if anything that we're doing, whether in education or otherwise, doesn't seem like it lines up to bring glory to God, then we're not doing it right. Think about that. Let me read this verse again and think about how we must do everything in a way that pleases God, including education. And think about various methods of education and do they honor God the way this verse in Colossians tells us that it should. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. Next, Romans 11.36, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. This is something that sometimes we forget and we think, oh, we'll just uh, do these things because it's good for me. 
but ultimately we're supposed to be doing all these things to God. We are to be doing things to glorify him. We're to be doing these things for him because everything that we have is from him and we need to do things through him and we need to do things uh, to him. So we need to remember these verses. They are really helpful in helping us to uh, be reminded that everything that we do, even in education, and we can talk about education in general, but we can also talk about education in more specific details, looking at the specific areas of study and recognize that everything in education also must be done to the glory of God. Israel Wayne uh, said, most Christians believe God doesn't care one way or the other how our children are schooled or what methods we employ. That's probably a fair assessment. Most Christians do think that. It's not true, but that's uh, it's not accurate that that is th- what God cares about because he does care. We know that he cares. It's throughout scripture that God does show us he cares. And uh, this is a, a really important thing for us to realize that the rest of society views this as either God doesn't exist or if he does exist, even Christians believe that God doesn't care one way or the other how our children, our schools, or what methods are employed. Dr. R.C. Sproul said there is no such thing as a neutral education. Every education, every curriculum has a viewpoint. That viewpoint either considers God or it does not. Martin Luther said, I greatly fear the high schools are nothing but great gates of hell unless they diligently study the holy scriptures and teach them to the young people. So, do the high schools that you know of teach the holy scriptures and teach them to the young people? Do they Are they taught to study the Bible in school? If that's not the case, then we need to greatly fear them because, as Martin Luther said, they are great gates of hell because we're teaching kids, if we're teaching kids that God doesn't matter, then we are inviting them to hell, just as Martin Luther says, because we're saying none of that matters. And what does matter is to get everything correct on the next test. If that's all that matters, and that's what our children are learning, then we've got a major, major problem. C.S. Lewis said, There is no neutral ground in all the universe. Every square inch, every split second, is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. Abraham Kuyper said, There is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, Mine. God cares about every area of life. And he has something to say about it. Israel Wayne again says, There is no morally neutral subject. Everything in all creation reflects the creator and tells a story about the fall of man and God's ultimate redemption of our fallen world through the shed blood of Christ. Ken Ham says that people need to be brought back to thinking correctly by building their thinking on the only true foundation, the creator of all things. I call this thinking, uh, thinking Christian. There is a correct Christian way of thinking about geology, biology, astronomy, physics, chemistry, art, music, psychology, history, language, politics, etc., etc. 
And finally, Ken Ham says, and this correct way must start with the revealed word of God, the creator, and his foundational principles. So what are some of those principles? Let's look at a couple of of scripture verses that tell us a little about that. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Sound familiar? This is from Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the mocker, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Jeremiah 10 verse 2 says, Learn not the way of the heathen. So he's telling us what we should do. In Psalm 1, he tells us who to spend time with, who to not spend time with, what to spend our time on, meditating on the Word of God. He's telling us in Jeremiah to not learn the way of the heathen, not learn and study, study along the way in education the things that are error. We shouldn't have that be our foundation. So what does God say? What does God say about education? He says in Deuteronomy that he is God and there is no other, right? In Deuteronomy 6, it says, These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. These principles here don't have an exception for when you drop them off at school. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children, these principles of who God is. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So all the time, you should be teaching these principles of who God is to your children. This principle is something that we need to be reminded of constantly because it's so easy to allow ourselves to think, oh, this is another exception. We might need help occasionally for teaching certain subjects to our children. But ultimately, the responsibility of raising our children, ultimately the responsibility for every subject, ultimately the responsibility for teaching about God in every subject and all day long rests on the parents. Ephesians 6, 4, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. This is also a good reminder. It calls specifically on fathers. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That's the focus here in Ephesians 6, 4. Proverbs 9, 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Another reminder of what is most important, the fear of the Lord. So, when we look at the range of options for education in California, there's so many. Uh, even when you look at the different types of education structures in the state of California, there, there are many of those, and it's incredible that we have all of these opportunities. Um, but when you look at the, the wide range of those opportunities from a traditional public campus school to a charter school, or maybe it's a, a, a campus-based charter school that maybe has more local control, or perhaps it's a, it's a home-based charter school, um, or maybe you have a, a private campus school that, that exists in your, in your neighborhood. Then, then you have a, a private school satellite program. 
um, where parents are in charge of their own children's education. Um, and then maybe families that are that are filing and creating their own private school affidavit and agreeing to fulfill the law to give their children an education. And uh, you look at all of these options and, and even within these options there's such a range of different types of education being given to children. You have to realize that um, when you look at education, there's a difference between a Christian education and a non-Christian education. Ultimately, non-Christians believe that the universe has created God, and they have a finite God. They have a finite universe. Non-Christians, therefore, are not concerned with bringing the child face-to-face -face with God. They want to bring the child face-to-face -face with the universe. Non-Christian education is godless education. But Christians believe that God has created the universe. What is of most importance to us in education as believers is that the whole uh, that, that which is absolutely indispensable is left out entirely. And that is that God and bringing him glory is what is of most importance. And bringing children face to face with God, that is the central theme. And, and Van Til uh, expresses this so well by, by describing the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian education. And it's good for us to remember that we have the option in California to legally provide a Christian and godly enter, uh, education for our children. And that option is an incredibly flexible option. In, in fact, it's one of the best in the country uh, to allow us the flexibility that we need to not only uh, give our children a Christian education, but to do so with the hearty approval of, of the state saying, no, you, you may do that. That is a legal option. And so we need to be grateful for that and continue to fight for this freedom that we have in California and recognize this freedom isn't free. We must keep fighting on. So thank you for joining us at Family Protection Ministries and contributing towards the ongoing work that we do here to keep homeschool freedom moving and to keep the flexibility that we have in California to be able to give our children a Christian and God-centered education in a legal way without having to hide from the government. So thank you for uh, participating with us in that. Um, you can learn more about this work that we're doing on our website at fpmca.org. And thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, Check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.